Hi, this is Tim Winter. Welcome to What Would Dave Do? A digital conversation exploring the leadership experience. You can listen to it at timwinter.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to What Would Dave Do, a podcast exploring the leadership experience. I'm in the studio today with Mr. Jay Martin Jr. He is a TV personality, fellow podcaster, and uh, just a fantastic human being. Jay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tim. I'm so grateful um, just for this opportunity. And I always say when somebody wants to even have me on their show or make an appearance or do just anything. I'm just so overwhelmed with gratitude. You know, people can choose whoever they want to speak to. And the fact that somebody wants to just hear anything that I have to say, I do not take it for granted. So again, thank you so much, Tim, for having me on. This is great. Oh my goodness. You're, you're, <laughs> you're more than welcome. And, <laughs> and as a podcast, uh, a fellow podcaster, you know, that, you know, finding Great guest is not always the easiest thing. Correct, correct. And and I think you know, uh, just for the audience, uh, our how we met and our chance meeting, uh, you know, I think it was somewhat divine intervention. I think it was the universe talking, <laughs> and then of course John John Sanders was involved. In it. It. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, so so just for the audience knows so. Uh, I got a phone call one day from John Sanders, who's been a guest on the show, who has been a dear friend of mine for, you know, 25 plus years. Uh, he spoke at my wedding. Uh, I, I consider John a true friend. And he said, you got to meet this person. You got to have him on their show. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was you. And we reached wow. out and then life got busy. And um, and then I I was... I was really contemplating on whether or not I was going to keep the show going after uh, we, I don't want to say celebrated, but after we recognized the one year anniversary of Dave's passing. Mm -hmm. And um, I reached out to you and almost instantly you reached back and go, I can talk to you today. <laughs> and we had this amazing conversation that really, uh, well, it inspired me. And it also kind of was a, a message to say, keep going. And yeah. so I really want to thank you for that. And, wow. uh, and I want to thank you for being a guest on the show, because I think your story is amazing. I think the work that you're doing is amazing. And uh, I can't wait to get into it. Yes. No, I'm, I'm so glad that we had that conversation. And one of my biggest things I, I say all the time, and it sounds so cliche, but it's not to me because I know what it's like to, at one point in life, feel like nothing is working. And there's something to be said about the person that just never gives up. We've heard that. People have hashtagged it. They say it. Sometimes it doesn't even work when you use it on social media to get the likes you want. And I don't do it for that. But um, I do it because I'm reminded of the beginning. I always remind myself of that hunger. And I still have that of wanting to empower people, wanting to be a light um, in dark spaces. And so um, when I connected with you and, you know, we just started talking, I reminded, I was reminded, you know, immediately of when I wanted to just say, you know what, I've been doing my podcast for about five seasons, maybe it's time to let it go. And that, that, that immediate of, but you never know who you're going to meet, who might hear that story, and it changes their perspective. So you can't give up. You have to keep going. Art and, changes their life. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely grateful for, number one, John connecting, <laughs> and then us finally having uh, our conversation, and then here we are today. So, yeah, I, there's something to be said about the person that just keeps going, never give up. You know what's funny about it, too, is when John introduced me to you, um, you know, some imposter syndrome uh crep in. And wow. I looked at your uh, LinkedIn profile and I, you know, I did a little bit of stalking on you and I was like, this guy's not going to want to be on my show. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't we all have that though? I right? do all the time where you just feel like, 
oh, I, you know, am I good enough? Right? Right. Am, am, am I that person? But, you know, Tim, I think there is um, this thing for me where I've learned that I am in the lane I'm supposed to be in for a reason. I'm in the lane I'm supposed to be in um, for a reason. And I'm not to worry about the left or the right. I'm here for a reason. I'm called to this season. And so don't look at yourself and count yourself out because maybe there's somebody else doing something else. Sometimes that's a distraction from what is you you needed to be in your own lane. And so, you know, every time I have a moment where I'm like, am I gonna, I remind myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm in this lane for a reason <laughs> and right. I need something to give. So, you know, don't second guess or downplay what you have. Know your worth. So, yeah. And know your worth and know where you're at, mm-hmm. your part in, in, at your station in life. Yes, yes, yeah. Because it's all, everybody's going through a journey. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't know where that I had this I had this wild well just this profound moment today walking out of the gym. Mm. And I'd been I I'd made a commitment. I'm 59 years old. I'd made a commitment to health in my in this latter part of my life. Well, I, I have fewer years ahead of me than I have behind me. <laughs> you look great. You look great. Uh, well, I appreciate that. And I, I've I've really enjoyed getting in, but I, I I'm still not where I want to be. Right. And as as I was walking out of the gym today, uh, this morning there was a really really large person, mm. and I thought to myself, my goodness, they mm. would probably be so happy to be where I'm at. Mm. Yet I'm leaving the gym feeling a little bit down. <laughs> Mm. because it's not happening as fast. Wow. But then I found out that they were much larger or much that their journey has, they've made a lot of progress on their journey. And you just, you just don't know where people are at and you've got to appreciate where you're at, I think. And you can be empathetic and I get that, but I I just think it's such an interesting thing. I I don't know. That really affected me today. I, 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 well, I was driving down the freeway and I was complaining about my car. And oh. I, have a, I have a really nice car and I was complaining <laughs> about my car. And then I pulled up next to a guy who had his windows. He had like a garbage bag taped over his window and mm. the car was very, and I thought, Tim, just shut up. <laughs> well, you know, they say perspective is everything, right? It really is. You could be looking at it one way then somebody else sees it and it's like, oh, but I, but I also want to say, that comparison is a thief. It is it is so evil what, what comparing does. And when you compare yourself to others, it is almost like I, it's like the unknown thief, but you left the door wide open to let the thief in. That's what comparison, uh. comparing yourself to other people. And for so many years, I... Uh, I, I dealt with that and I was very, very insecure. And I'm sure we'll get into, you know... Um, the meat of the story and stuff like that. But I dealt with that for years. Very, I can't tell you how many insecurities I had, but one of the things that, and you're going to hear me say quite often, because, you know, my grandma, you know, she's my hero. And unfortunately um, she passed in 2020 in the, the heaviness of COVID. And it was, it was so hard on me, but I am so grateful for the years she dedicated on being a voice of hope and wisdom in my ear, you know, but one of the things that she would always tell me is that, honey, a lot of times, if you would just pause and just think about those insecurities you have, those could actually become your weapons of success if you own them. I'm so, I'm so sad. I didn't get to meet your grandmother because what you've shared, the wisdom, I will say for the price of admission, (laughs) we can end the show right now because, uh, you know, that comparison is a thief is there it is. That's it. There you you go, audience. (laughs) It's, it's so evil. Um, but I, I, you know, and then what happens is, is when you, when it's and a thief, you know, they don't come in and take everything at once. Now there are some crazy people out there. (laughs) When I think of a thief, I think, uh, they take the things that you're not paying attention to till one day it's gone. 
it's all gone. And, and that's what comparison is. It's you looking at somebody else just a little bit and then a little bit more and then a little bit more until one day you are so small in your own eyes that the only thing that you are focused on are our lives that don't even have the ability to help bring change. And that is very um, frustrating. And so I've learned to take my eyes. Now, do I look up to people? I do. I do from a healthy perspective, but I've learned to take my eyes off of things that would distract me from being who I need to be. And that's a whole mouthful what I just said, but, <laughs> but I've, so, I've, I've learned that over time. So, okay. So you're a, you're a TV personality. You're on NPR radio or TV or radio uh, TV, PBS, T yeah. PBS national, right? Yes. Yes. I do national work with PBS and local work here in Seattle um, with PBS. And then you also have, uh, you work with King five in Seattle and do a mindful, uh, a segment about being mindful. Yes. Yes. Mindful Mondays. Yes. Mindful Mondays. So here we are. Okay. So that must've just happened overnight. It, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's been quite, I was just sharing this story with one of, uh, one of my dearest friends and he said something to me. He said, Jay, do you remember six years ago? Let's go back six years. And you wanted to do something that would just inspire people to, to dream again and to believe And you launched your podcast show. And, but he says, but I remember you saying you wanted to do what like, you know, on TV, do stuff. And here you are, most people would have given up all, you know, down the road because they didn't see what they thought it was going to be. And you decided to release it and just wait for the right space. And originally, my one of my dreams was I would love to do something on here in Seattle, King Five. I just I think they'd be great. They're a great network. I, I, I you know, the people I know there are super awesome. And it didn't happen six years ago, but here we are today. And all of a sudden, you're doing these segments. And I said something to him. I said my friend mentioning. I said today, I was like, you know, and even if it was short, it's short-lived and I do four to eight of them on television. Least I can say I waited and it worked. And that's all yeah. that matters. It was worth the wait. I saw where I thought it could be. It happened and I have peace about it. And I'm so grateful that the work that I'm doing is from a positive perspective because we already deal with so much negativity. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every day we see so much, but I just wanted to be a person that could share just some perspective and hope. And so to have this opportunity um, and, and the show is called new day Northwest. The, the host is Amity Adresi. Love her. Um, the producers, all of them are so amazing, but they've given me this space to just be able to share in a segment on just being grateful and, and and the spirit of gratitude and all the different things on how we can grow and be the best versions of ourselves. So it was worth the wait. It took six years to get there, but I really believe there is no such thing as overnight success. I think it's failure on top of failure and waiting and waiting and waiting until one day, here's the lesson and it worked. So well, I've watched a few of them and they're they're fantastic. I for the audience, I'll also you know I've uh, Jay does some work around D and I and. It's, it's just, he has such a presence. Um, uh, and, and he, you know, I've seen some of your YouTube videos. I've seen some of your presentations. It's, it's uh, your real deal, but Whoa. how did you get there? How, I mean, how, were you born this way? Did it, did it, did it happen? What, you know, come on. Tell us okay. How did you get here? Well, here, the, to give you the story, I have always wanted to be a television host since I was a little boy. My grandma, who I mentioned before, I remember being 12 years old and I had experienced a lot of different things up to that age. You know, I didn't grow up in a household that gave a lot of affirmation or was very positive. I seen a lot of different things such as, you know, there was some physical abuse, um, there was some mental abuse. And so it was very hard, but my grandma was the person in my life that would call me. You know, and up to her passing, we talked about sometimes two times a day. That's how much she would pour into me or we would talk about what do we want to be or things in life. But anyway, when I was 12 years old, she um, I used to wait for her phone call. I'd go to school, come back. And, you know, back when we had home phones, she would call at a certain time and I would pick up and she would say, Jay, how was your day? 
sounds so cute. And I would say, it was, it was, went to school, blah, blah. She was, okay. So I'll never forget when she asked me, what do you want to be? And where do you see yourself? And do you see yourself bringing value? And I'm going to explain to you what that is. And I remember being on the phone and saying to her, well, I like, at the time I was like, I like the weather. I like watching people talk about stories and and so we began to watch shows together over the phone. <laughs> we began to watch things. Or she would tell me about a show and she would say, if you had a character, what would what, 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 what would it be like? And I would just be on the phone with her for hours. And it became almost like my escapism, which then eventually became my reality. Now, here's the thing. As I continue through life, you go through more experiences. And I ended up going into... Um, uh, somebody that had a jewelry solution company had me taught me about the product they had. And I began to talk to people about it and do gym and jewelry shows. I was doing that at the age of 17. Um, I graduated a year early from high school. I, my dream was to go to like Florida, study hurricanes, all that kind of stuff, get a college degree that did not happen. And life begins to kick in. And you begin to experience things that you have never dealt with, like trauma and pain. And there's there's a disconnect. But the only thing I felt really connected to was my grandma. And so I would have conversations with her. And I'll never forget down the road, she took me to my first play. And it was in the city of Seattle at the Paramount Theater, beautiful building. It was, And it was when Tyler Perry back in the day was on tour with his Medea shows. And she took me to my first play called Medea Goes to Jail. And I'll never forget, I laughed and laughed, but at the end, she grabbed my hand. And she asked the same thing. Where do you see yourself? And do you see yourself in spaces like this? And do you believe you have value that you could bring something to the table? And I said, well, this is so great. She goes, but do you see yourself doing stuff like this? I said, yeah. It was no more than probably two years later, I had the guts to go for an audition. It was for the show Godspell. I had no background, no resume, no nothing, but I had the guts to show up to the audition. Kit Phillips at the time was on Northwest Afternoon. They did all like the talk show stuff and he was the director. I walked in and he looked at me, he saw my resume, it was blank. <laughs> I didn't have anything. He said, I don't know anything about you. What do you want to do? I said, I just want to audition for this. He gave me a role. I got up there, did the audition, gave it my all. And he said, thanks. And I was like, okay. And in my mind, I started going through, maybe the lesson was, it's not so much about, about getting the opportunity. It's about stepping up to the opportunity. That's a whole nother subject. And so um, I remember walking out the door and he said, hey. And I said, yes. And he goes, you got the part. That feeling of what if I never would have just went and showed up was everything. I did that show. Out of that show, I ended up going into Joseph and Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Now I went from nobody knowing me to all of a sudden I had the lead role in that show. We had 45 shows, sold out like 44 of them. It was phenomenal. And I just went on and on. But here's the thing, Tim. My dream was what I told my grandma when I was a little kid. I wanted to be a TV host, you know. And so years go by. You get married. You have a family. You do all the things. You get jobs because you got to pay the bills. And, <laughs> right. you know, theater, unfortunately, unless you go on to be real, you know, community theater doesn't pay the bills like that. And so I went on to work and do my life. And, and unfortunately, something kicked in, which for me was I began to deal with, you know, depression, um, things that I had experienced in my childhood I hadn't dealt with. And my grandma would always tell me, she says, honey, it's okay to talk to somebody. Therapy is a beautiful thing. It is okay to talk to somebody and open up. But I came from a background that God solved all our problems. And if, yeah. if you didn't pray hard enough, if you didn't give hard, if you didn't give enough, then, you know, God's not going to bless you and he's not going to be there for you. And, blah. and so it was always a torment game for me because I never felt like I could do enough for a God that I could not even see. And so it was very hard to try to live in this world 
And then 2017 hits. And I'll be very transparent. 2017 hits. And I ended up having a complete meltdown. Um, to the point where I was looking at divorce. I didn't see myself as a good father. I have three kids. I didn't think I was a good father, a good husband. Um, and I just didn't feel like I had any value. Um, and I just had came to the end of me. And I will never forget when I called my grandma and I said, nothing is working. Everything is falling apart. I'm having a full meltdown. And she says, honey, anything worthwhile has to be melted down. Everything worth high value has gone through a melting process. So it's okay to have a meltdown. It's okay. Because once it's refined, the best version of you always rises to the top. Let's get into therapy. Changed my life. I had a mentor that worked with me. I got into therapy and I began to walk towards a space of healing mentally. Um, I began to walk towards forgiveness. I began to really embrace. And with it, it was no more, I'll give you a time frame. December of 2017 was the meltdown. I got into, I got into therapy in February of 2018. That June, I launched my podcast that dealt with passion, purpose, and possibility, stories of hope. And I began to share about my life. And that opened the door for Amazon commercials, Microsoft commercials. All of a sudden, everything that I've always wanted to be began to happen. But it was after I was willing to embrace the meltdown, which actually saved my life. Because sometimes what did not work out for you is actually working out for you. And I learned a whole perspective on life, embracing all of me, not apologizing. One of my biggest insecurities, Tim, was my voice. You know, I, I, I you know, I, I have like, I have siblings, and I've shared this story before. You know, but my voice wasn't deep. You know, my voice sounded like my grandmother. So when you just said, oh, I wish I could have met, you know, you know, man, I didn't meet your grandma. You're probably meeting the sound of her voice right now because I sound like my family says you sound so much like, you know, your grandma. You, and and so I was very insecure, but one of those things she said, of course, is when you embrace all those insecurities, it will become a weapon of success for you. And the very thing I was running from launched me into starting a podcast, launched me into doing commercials and marketing and all of that kind of stuff. And I still wasn't where I wanted to be, even though I began to see the doors. And it wasn't until July of 2021, you know, we're going through the pandemic. I'm lo I've lost my grandma and I wasn't a TV host yet. And I called my friend, Andrew Coleman Smith. He's such a beacon of hope and just light in my life. That close friend, uh -huh. that close friend who, and I called him crying and saying, I think I'm tired I think I just need to go get a job. I think I'm going to let go of all media. And he said, Jay, do you want the pat on the shoulder or do you want the real friend answer? I said, yeah. Well, you know, Tim, he about cussed me out. <laughs> and he said to me, the gist of it was, Jay, you don't know what phone call, email, or text message could change your life forever. You cannot give up. And it wasn't more than three weeks later. I got an email saying PBS is looking for a TV host. I went for that audition. And it was a week from that, I got my yes. The yes I've always wanted to see. And so that's why I'm big on never giving up. That's why no matter what we go through, um, a lot of those things are so defining. It helps shape your character. Every no you receive, you have to look at it from a space of, protection, not rejection. There is a reason why you got that no. That no is shedding away what you don't need so that when the right yes comes, you can really walk in and be who you fully are. And so that's what people are getting. And do I feel like I've got everything? Oh my God, no. I have a long ways to go, but I'm grateful for where I'm at. And um, Without getting emotional, <laughs> I'm just so grateful that I've I've lived to see the day of what it looks like to see what you've always believed that you thought you could be. 
Well, I think, you know, based on what I have seen, I think you have a lot more to do mm. and to give. Wow. I don't, I think this is a, a starting point. I mean, I've, I've listened. I, I think what's interesting about you is you have a very interesting perspective. It's a very, um, it's very hopeful. It's, yeah. uh, it's very, um, it's very positive. And although you tackle some difficult conversations, uh, subjects, you don't, ah, what do I, what do I, you add a perspective to it that is is real, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very interesting. Wow. Wow. I saw your, you did a thing, a corporate video for, uh, on the subject of Martin Luther King. Yes. And I watched it through its entirety, and it was segments that you had done. And, you know, I, I just think it was, um, well, I think he would be proud, but I think you, wow. I think you approached it in a way that, is uh, the common person can can value can learn because right. isn't that what we really want is for people to learn and to grow? Yes, yes. Regardless, mm-hmm. yes. You want isn't that how we're going to get real inclusion, right? And equity mm-hmm. is if everybody understands. Yeah, and you see real growth. Um, I think there's like I, I we were talking before. And I think one of the biggest things is that, you know, it's how we do it. People so much focus on the what and they miss out on the how. And I tell people all the time, you know, when you are putting something together, think about your audience, think about who could possibly be in there that is angry, that is frustrated, pain, rejection and you have got to know how you can't reach everybody but you got to know how to approach them in a way that disarms them and and I I said to you before Tim is that my grandma would always say you know she she would say it this way honey let me tell you something um a soft word turns away an angry ear so you're going to have to know how to use wisdom be wise. One of the things that she would always tell me, and it's one of my favorite things, and I could not tell you where, and I'm, you know, I try not to give too much Bible, but <laughs> I couldn't tell you where in the Bible. Uh, but one of my favorite things that she told me when I was younger is be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. When she says, when you think of naturally a snake, it actually knows the temperature before it strikes. A lot of people are striking without knowing their rooms. You have got to know the temperature of your room and then speak. And that's what I've worked on, Tim. I've worked on when I walk into spaces, I kind of just sense out the room before I say anything. Because sometimes you can even say the right thing and still be wrong because you just didn't weren't sensitive to the room. And so I've tried to when I write or I put something together, speaking of like um, uh, a presentation for Martin Luther King or Black History Month or Pride Month or Latinx Month, I just think of the room that I could possibly step in and I began to write and then I feel it out and then I speak. So that's kind of like where I go from it. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know how I went down that rabbit hole, but yeah. no, it's that. I think, and I think a lot of us are striking too soon because you just feel like you have to do it. And I think there's something to be said about the how. And so with everything I do within companies or um, uh, the, the larger screen with uh, television or, you know, my podcast, I just think about the one. I think about the people in the room that are coming in with their walls up. And last time I checked, punching a wall doesn't um, necessarily get the best result. <laughs> you might injure yourself more than the wall is injured. And so I've learned to look for the doors to go in. I've learned to pace myself. And there's a grace for how we can do things. So that's just where I kind of stand. How did, how did you end up getting into um, DNI work? 
You know, what's interesting is um, I had a have a great friend. He's in Indonesia and um, he reached out to me. I've done a couple of different presentations for schools. Um, and one day he heard me speak and I was talking about having us all have a seat at the table. And I said, for so long, when I think of a table and I think of somebody like me having a seat, I've run up with the person that is already at the seat, put their bag (laughs) in the next seat. And I was explaining, I said, all it takes is, excuse me, that I have a seat here as well. And you removing things that do not need to be there so that we could come together and talk. And I was sharing that. He says, Jay, you got to come to my company. You have to come to my company and talk, talk about having a seat at the table, a sense of belonging, you know, build this out. You really have a way of communicating. And I said, well, you know, I don't have all the facts. He goes, that's, he says, we're not looking for you being perfect. We're looking for somebody that's willing to breathe. And I took that and I said, that's the thing. I want to be able to breathe with people because a lot of us have been holding our breath, trying to maneuver and it's not working. And so do I know everything about diversity, equity, and inclusion? I do not. But what I do know is I know what it's like to be Black in America with my life. And I've been around different people and conversations. And so, I yes, do I educate myself? You bet. I have people in my life that help educate me. And when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Because just because you stand for something doesn't mean that you know everything. I think we all need to be in a seat called GROW which allows us to be willing to be wrong, to be plucked so that we can really flourish. That's a whole nother thing. (laughs) That's the seat I choose to sit in as a black man in America. And so- Well, let's um, revisit that for a sec, right? Let's revisit that. (laughs) That, That's- The the seat, you you choose to sit in a seat called grow? Grow, yes. because how in, many, that is so intentional. I choose to do that, Tim, because the minute you stop growing, there is no point for you to be here. Think of it. If you have a plant in your house <laughs> and you don't know what to do with that plant and it is completely dead and it is not growing anymore and you've plucked it and it still doesn't grow, what do you usually do with it? You get rid of it. So I choose I choose to plant myself in soils that germinate where I have growth. I can grow. I can learn. And so the minute I feel like, oop, this isn't going anywhere. I don't think I can do anything. I don't think I can add anything. They can't add anything to me. I, it's weird. I kind of allow myself to shift so I can continue to grow because there are people that I want to grow with and learn from. And so I choose to sit in a seat called grow. As long as I'm willing to grow, I can give and I can receive. And so that's just where I'm at. And so with even with the the DE&I work that I have stepped into, and then I began to learn, I began to get educated on it. And um, I, because I've seen, listen, I've seen a different side and I'm not going to um, tear it down. I have just seen diversity, equity, inclusion work come from a space of anger and not reconciliation. I choose to be on the side of hope. I choose to believe until the day I die. Do I think I have the power to end racism? I do not. Do I think that we will ever see racism in in, in our lifetime? I do not. I think the world has a way of doing things. But what I believe personally is you change the world with the world you have with you right now. What is around you that you are being effective with and you are really pouring into and receiving. I tell people all the time, you're trying to change the world and you haven't even done anything to help change the world that you've been blessed with right now. What is around you right now? What do you have right now within your friend group? How are you making a difference? How are you having uncomfortable conversations? You know, if you can't have those with the people you know, how are you going to have them with the people that you don't know? (laughs) So I choose to do it little by little. And I just begin to expand one opportunity by the next opportunity. And so that's why I I say to myself, I don't know everything, but I think with what I do know, I try to implement that in my world. And my world has, expa- has expanded because I'm always willing to grow 
always willing to learn. So hopefully that all makes sense. But <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm going to I'm going to be a little controversial here. But what I what okay. I love the most, and and you can tell me I'm wrong, yeah. or that I'm being controversial. But I tell you what I love the most out of what you said is that you choose to sit in the chair called grow. You choose to pick the soil. You make these choices. Yes. And I would counter with, and this might be controversial, but my question to you would be, but how do you do that as a black man in America? And, and you, you already said it yeah, because you're not, you're not look, you don't look at your color of your skin. You make your choices for you and look how successful you've been. Yes. I already know the color of my skin. It is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> it is obvious. And I also do know this. I know what separates. You cannot go into a space where they don't see somebody like you with opportunity for you. And so I know I, the color of my skin too. It's blotchy. <laughs> You know, I, you know, they have things where you can kind of even that out, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I think, I, and again, like I can't speak for all of Black America. I cannot. I, I just, I, and that's a lot of pressure. I just, I, I, I'm not asking you to. I just think that your message and the way that you approach it is um, is really different. powerful. No, it's, it's really powerful. And I gave that to the credit to my grandma because she it, she told me stories of when she was a little girl and things that she experienced. And but she always had this optimistic mind. Some people and I asked her one time, and I was I was at the risk of her, you know, going off on me. I said, "Well, do you think you were just naive, Grandma?" Ah. And she paused. And she said, "No, I'm very aware of what." is going on and what was happening at the time. I chose to go another route where I would be embraced, where I would be loved. And sometimes you got to go a little bit further. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think you have to love yourself before somebody can love you? Oh my goodness. That was my biggest struggle. For years, I did not really love myself. And, 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 and I didn't embrace myself and I can tell you now, do I love everything about me? (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I love, do I love me regardless of some things? I just, yes, I finally, I, I love myself. And I think that goes back to, and I'm so sorry to keep referring back to her, but she was that voice. She says, the day that you see the beauty on the inside of you is the day the world's going to become beautiful to you. It's ugly because you see that you're ugly and not, every, you, not everything is ugly, Jay. You that, have, that's, yes. Thank you. Thank you, grandma. <laughs> and I, and I was like, what? And so there, there have been times, listen to me. There have been times, Tim, where it has been like hell and high water with other people. And then I walk in and I'm like, it changes because I just refuse. If I if I if I feel like I can't be myself fully, if I can't help bring a change, then I'm just gonna go look in another direction. I'm not gonna dwell in a space where I just cannot grow. I don't care what it is. If it was PBS and I can't be myself, I, and that's why I'm so grateful that I started my television career. Nothing wrong with any other affiliate. I think they're great. I, that just wasn't my path, but my path was PBS. And they picked me because the one of the things my director said was, we loved you. We loved the person. We loved you, everything, your hand gestures, your smile, your face, the way you sit, the way you, we loved, we loved you. And it's because I finally began to love all those things about myself with yeah. no apologies. And then from there, it just began to build. I found myself in other spaces where I could just be me. I did not have to wear a mask and pretend to be somebody else so I could fit in. I was just fully me. And so- I, I saw that I, th- I saw that when I watched your video on the, on the Martin Luther King. I, I will be honest. I didn't, and maybe, you know, I get myself in trouble all the time because I say things, but I, you know, look- I'm far too old to change and I'm, I'm, I, I am, and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm really honest and transparent, but I watched that video. 
I just saw this beautiful person who cared deeply. I didn't see a black person, a white person. I didn't, you know, I didn't even, I didn't register. I can honestly say that. I wasn't Mm. like, I mean, because that's, I mean, you know, again, I'm always honest with my my audience. Jay and I've never met in person. Mm -mm. It's been over the phone or we haven't even had a Zoom call. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> we, my God, anyway, yeah. I, I look at this and I go, I think to myself, I mean, and, and I do believe that you own that, that you don't lead with that, that you lead with all this brilliance and that's what people see. Right. I and think I, you lead with brilliance. You don't lead with, with, with the color of your skin. Yeah. And well, I, and it really is effective. It really I think it's so powerful. I can't say it enough. Well, I, I think because I already know who I am and I know where I know where I won't be accepted. And so I choose to just take another route. There's always another train. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> my goodness, like, take the other, like, you know, and, and somebody may be like, wow, Jay, he's a cop out. He, he doesn't really understand, blah. No, I do understand. And that is why I've been blessed to, I've asked for the, Literally, I've gone to God and said, God, let me talk to all people, please. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, I think God, you're the I, one guy who might be able to do it. I, I've asked God. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a lot of, you know, I don't know. But I've, I've, asked, I've asked God that in my prayer, like, I just want to talk to all people. And it's interesting because I'm, my wife is Caucasian. I have beautiful um, biracial children, you know. And, you know, I, I cannot... How do I? I cannot tell somebody else to do what I'm not willing to do. Right. And so everybody's path is different. Everybody's path is different. This is my journey. Yeah. And so, and this is what I have been blessed to do. And the audiences I I have been given. But do I believe? Like I said, I'm not going to negate the fact there is racism. Um, there is white supremacy. Uh, there are certain things that do exist, and it is horrible. But if I can not turn a debt, like turn away from that, but if I can walk into it with hope, if I can walk in and say, can I just have a conversation? Can I really get to the meat of it? Can I be a person that can speak to all people? Then I'm going to do the best that I can. That goes back to, I need to fill out the room before I strike. And I would That's- tell you, I would tell you, look, yes, there's racism. And there has been racism in the world for thousands of years. Oh my goodness. Right? And yes. and there are there are there's a hate and there's mean people and there's I, I it goes on I, I mean how horrific humans can be to one another is unbelievable. Right. I heard one time that if you saw all of the horrific things that humans do to each other for 1 hour in the course of a of 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 a day it would kill you because your body oh, yeah. could not handle the the, the, the grief, the, the drama, the trial, the, the oh, whatever the good mm-hmm. of it all. And I understand that, but there's also beautiful people, and there's yes. a great deal of kindness yes. and 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 empathy and amazing people. And there are there are people who are not racist. You see it all the time in little kids. They oh, don't yeah. see color. <laughs> They're they made into that. They see friends. Into racism is something, and I you're and taught. You're taught. Racism is taught, and not only that, I believe racism is a heart issue. And uh, what I mean by that is, it's a heart issue. When I I am t- teaching my children since they were little to embrace all people, so that when they see someone that does not look like them. They're not shocked because I have already introduced them to the world that lets them know it is okay to be with everyone, no matter the color of your skin, no matter your gender. Like I allow them to see everything. And so I really believe racism is a condition of the heart. If your heart is hardened towards that person. There is no way you're going to have them sit at your table. There's no way. And so I have t- taught my children. And so they're not shocked. Who comes over for dinner? They're not shocked. They're like, oh, they don't go, oh, they don't make any comments. They don't say anything that is like, ne- because I've taught them. To I think that you can, though. 
I think you can reverse racism. I think you can take those hardened hearts and you can soften them. I think you can educate people. You have to, yes. And they have to be willing. Again, it goes back to, you have to be willing to grow. Yep. <laughs> That's oh yeah, you got to choose to sit in the growth too. You have to choose to realize that with growth comes um also the ability of being pruned. Pruning is not fine. But if you want to grow and become even greater, you have to be willing to be pruned. You have to be willing to realize that maybe your mindset is not right. Maybe there's some things you have to undo and be willing to listen, breathe through it, and then grow through the pruning. And that's you, that's it. You if know. you think of racism at just a very non-emotional level, it's just the, the root of it. It's really stupid. Oh, it's horrible. Right? I mean, <laughs> that you would exclude a, a whole vast group of people from your life that might bring you joy, that might bring you yeah. friendship, that might bring you wealth that might bring you, you don't know. Right. Because of whatever it is. Yeah. Could be religion, could be skin color. It's absolutely, it's just dumb. It is. I've and always it, thought it, that. It boils down to it. You know, when <laughs> you see that, it, it, how you just put it, it's very dumb. But but yeah. when you see it's so ignorant. It's just ignorance. Yeah. And and it's not even at its finest. It's, it's it's just it's garbage to me. And so I make it. If people wonder why do I do the talks that I do, and 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 why do people feel a sense of hope and and, and restoration and all of that? It's because I'm. I just really believe it's in how you do it. And I have been blessed to speak to you know uh, white, black, um, First Nations, you know Native Americans, Indigenous, you you name it, Asian, you name it, and we've all been able to breathe together and walk out with a sense of hope and at the same time providing tools where you can learn. Yep. And so that's why I'm very grateful. A lot of people, Tim, want to climb to the top and stay there. To some people, television is like the epitome of it. I, it's been my dream. It's still my dream to do a lot of things on the screen. But the, here's the reason why. I want to get there so I can come back to places that do not get opportunity, that don't necessarily will never have never have a screen or blah, blah. You know, I want to yeah. go into these companies. I want to come back with. So I want to go there and be like, wow, that's great. And then come back and be like, here's my heart. Can I talk to you about how we can really have a sense of belonging? Can I talk to you about how we can really move forward with a sense of hope and grow and create a place that's inclusive? I want to show you something that's different. So I, I don't, I don't, a catalyst <laughs> to do I things. don't do commercials on this show, but I will tell my audience, anybody out there who's looking for someone to come into their company and just help with uh, that, that this whole subject of inclusivity and, and, and just really breaking down some of these barriers. Uh, you, you just are fantastic, my friend. Wow. Thank you. I mean, you I, I reach out to him via LinkedIn or I'll throw out his email address at the end of the show, but really it's just uh, Jay, you some of the work you do. You've worked with some amazing companies. Yes. You've done some amazing work. What are you most proud of? You know, um, I think I'm most proud of the podcast. Ah. I've, done, I've done a lot of great things. And I, don't get me wrong, like national or PBS, oh my goodness, like what? I didn't think <laughs> I could do that until I was in my like, like my, my 50s. I was like, I got to earn it. I got to crawl and crawl and crawl. And I went national to being on local television in one year. So it happened very fast of being able to do something on a much bigger um, platform. But I'm actually grateful for my podcast. It's been healing. I'm proud of the fact that I consistently on a weekly basis put out an episode to the best of my ability. And wow. I'm consistent with putting out my voice. You know, I really believe that success is partnered with consistency. No consistency, no success. And you have to be consistent even when it looks dark, you feel dark. And yeah, I'm writing that one down. Hang on. I'm right. <laughs> you, you know, and I and I no consistency, no success, no Love success. It. And so I think there's something to be said about perspective when it comes to you have not been buried, you have been planted. It's all about perspective. If you feel like you've been buried, 
um, then you don't feel like there's no way out. But when you see yourself as being planted, you can't help but to spring forth in your right season. And so I look at myself as I've been planted in many different spaces and I'm so thankful for that, but I'm so, I, I'm proud that I have not in times when I've been like, you know what, who's listening to this podcast? And then I just sure. again. I just stay consistent. The consistency of that podcast is what gave me television. The consistency of the podcast is what allowed companies to reach out to me. It's because of when I didn't think I was being seen, I was actually being seen. And that's what's that the reality of it is, is the right people will come along and water you so that you can come forth. And so I'm thankful. I'm very proud. I'm very proud of myself for putting something out there um, in hopes that somebody will hear it. And I tell people I don't get over things. I walk through things because when you get over something, you might miss a step. But when you walk through something, you pick up every lesson along the way and you share it with others. And so I'm very grateful for the Dry Project podcast and to anybody that listens to it. Well, well, okay. Put it out there one more time. What's your podcast? Oh, it's Tell called my audience. The Drive, like you're driving, The Drive Project Podcast. Wow. And it's available cool. on Apple, Spotify, Google, and it's with Converge Media here out of Seattle. They're the ones that kind of hub it now. They're the ones that hub it. And I'm very grateful to that space that took it. And I was going to let go of my podcast. And the um, the CEO of the company said, I'm in LA. He DM'd me randomly. I'm in LA. And I found a podcast called The Drive Project Podcast. Is this you? Yes. Is it signed? And I was like, no, I've just been putting them out. And he says, let me help you. And so they began helping me. And it's I'm so grateful. So That's yeah. amazing. That, so what's what was your grandmother's name? Her name was Maxine. Maxine was her name. Maxine. I, I got to tell you, I think that the next project in your future is uh, is words from Maxine, a beautiful oh. book mm. with um, just the stories you tell and the and and some of her. You'd have to really, you know, think about it, write them down, and collect all of those thoughts. But I think there's something very beautiful there. Wow, and, well, she and, was so beautiful to me. She taught me so much. She yeah, I think it'd be something time. to really share. Words from Maxine. Because, uh, you know, we're so blessed in our life. I mean, it's why I do this podcast, right? right. I had Dave in my life for 30 years. Mm. And he was the best man in my wedding. He went uh, he went through a divorce with me and then went through a marriage with me. And um, he, he I, I can't even begin to tell you, like, uh, the things that I find myself missing at times. But then I look back on the 3,300 text messages and thousands of emails that I've kept or that were archived. And, you know, I also know that my life is richer and I lean in, I lean into Dave even to this day. Yes. Oh yeah. I lean into Dave for Mm -hmm. strength, for guidance, yeah. I find myself sometimes driving down the highway talking to him like he's sitting in the seat next to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and looking for that. So I, I understand that. So, I mean, and and that's one of the reasons for this podcast is, you know, Dave would so enjoy a conversation with you. And, wow. and all the things that you're speaking of is aligned with him. And, you know, the idea was to keep his spirit, his unique way alive somehow Mm. in this world and he's gone but that spirit because he touched so many people and and that's why i look for guests like you it's i had a guest on my show connor quinn who's a voiceover actor and there was this weird six degrees of separation to hollywood Mm. and it i really do just believe that there's this you know sometimes the universe just talks to you wow and i think that what your grandmother the words that she left you, it just, it, it turns you into such a, an amazing person to have such a gift to share with others. So I really, really appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I, again, I'm, I'm so grateful. And every time I, you know, I hear you talk about your closest friend, it just reminds me so much of my closest friend, which was my grandma. And, you know, every day, you know, um, I, it, you go through that little moment and you said something, grief is love. 
that has no place to go because when they were here, you had you knew where to send the love. And yeah. so I, I'm learning how to. What I have done is, where do I take my grief? Where do I take this love? I give it to people. I give her what she gave me, and that's my way of honoring her. I give the people what she gave me because it didn't just belong to me. She would want me to spread this love to all people. And so that's that's what I choose to do. And and I'm so grateful. And I think that's why I just don't belong to one space. I think I'm called to belong in many different spaces that, are, that will give me opportunity. And it's humbling and I'm very thankful for it. Well, yeah, I mean, clearly you're, you're, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not operating from the ego, Um, (laughs) uh, you know, you're not operating from the ego. Yeah. I mean, for the audience, go look him up. He's a a super handsome, (laughs) very stylish, uh, articulate, smart man. And uh, you, you just, you don't operate. You don't come off it from the ego. The the your ego is in is in check, my friend. Oh, well, it's, I'm gonna definitely keep. You got on, a lot I'm of gifts. On, I'm gonna hold on to that, <laughs> so I never forget that. And I think that's a, it's a. I think you have to choose. You have to remind yourself. I think the reason why people um, get too big, or I want I'd say get too, but like they really begin to. Um, like you said, ego begins to take over. And I, I really believe you begin to forget where you started. Every day I remind, every time I get an opportunity, the first thing I do is I remind myself of when I didn't have opportunity. And I think it's a decision you have to make. That's all it is. There's something so powerful about remembering. What is the scariest thing a human being could ever lose? It's their mind. Because you can forget where you come from in the process of life and how you got there. And sometimes people think losing your mind is like, I end up in a space where somebody has to take care of me. Sometimes losing your mind is just forgetting where you come from. Just losing the ability of reminding yourself of, do you remember when you used to get the no's and now you're getting yeses? Remember that. Yeah. Stay humble, stay grateful. That's one of my biggest taglines is stay humble, stay grateful. And humble does not mean you don't think highly, you're, you, you know, you're low, you have no self-esteem. That's not humility. It, humility to me is, is a space of where you are so grateful and you give that and it exudes that. And so that's what I hope I'm giving off. <laughs> I don't know if it's you know perfect, but I hope that people, when they run up against me, that they don't feel like, ooh, they, they walk up where they feel like they can be seen and heard. Um, In my coaching practice, I always tell people, especially when I'm coaching young executives who maybe just gotten a promotion, maybe they first time in the C-suite. It's like, don't read your own press clippings. Oh, don't. You haven't mm. arrived. Right. Right. The work is just, the work is just really begun. Right. Right. And you have to give so much of yourself now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, don't, don't get caught up in your own press clippings. Oh, that's so good. Right. Just because everything you do is being, it's, it's just different And that you're, I, I, you're right. Humility. You can still have, be proud. Yes. Yeah. You can still have Mm self-worth, but there is something about that humility. Just don't get wrapped up in your own press clip. Yeah, don't do it. It's not worth it. <laughs> so it's so Jay, can you share a story with my audience about when leadership or your career just had a profound impact? I mean, again, you don't know all the impact that you've made because you're on television. You don't know who you touched. You 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 send these videos out, they go out to these corporates corporations and you know a thousand employees twenty thousand employees watch them but for you just personally do you could you share a story of when your work and i'm not even say leadership but your work uh had a profound impact you know um i'm very grateful i've mentioned them before i have the the privilege of working at times with the president of Sono Bello. His name is Tom Barr, one of the most nicest guys, very kind. And um, I remember doing my Black history um, presentations for the company. 
And he had a few words to say, but I remember meeting him for the first time and him telling me how impactful, how there was such a connection. Um, and it made him want to learn even more and that this is something that is necessary within the company. And hearing somebody on that level say that, it, it taught me something. No matter how far you go, no matter where you where you try to get, um, what you just said, don't read your own press clip. Be, yeah. It goes back to even at the top, be willing to want to know more. And when I seen that with him, because, you know, he's the prime, I mean, who's talking to, and I've, and I've worked with other different leaders as well, but it was just so cool. And him being a white man, and I'm a black man. And him saying, I learned so much and I, and I want to know more. It just was just, it was so profound to me to have a leader of that caliber say that your work is that impactful and put it out there through his main, because they put out their, you know, their monthly newsletters and he put it in the new, I, I back this. Because here's the thing, everything rises and falls on leadership. People think that, Things fall because, ooh, the, the people that you don't see. Mm -mm. It's because somewhere the leadership, if you want change, your leaders have to want change. You don't, Amen. You don't change your companies or your world by people that don't have much power. The power, the ones that hold the positions have to want change. And Amen. Take me to church, James. Take <laughs> me to church. <laughs> and so it, it starts there. It starts there. And so to see that um, individual, him as the president, say, I endorse this and we support this. And here are tools. Here are ways. The seminar is at this time. Please show up. I will be at the seminar. That's how you bring change. And so that to me taught me so much. When you hear a leader, it made me want to rise up even more. It actually gave me more courage to be more bolder because when, when a leader gets behind you, it gives you the boldness to act. Now, yeah. that's, that's me. I could be wrong, Tim, but <laughs> I've seen it where when a leader knows what they're doing and they're confident and they back they back it. You see such change. And so, I don't know, that just really resonated with me when I had my first opportunity to speak to the company. And out of that, created other companies wanting me to come on. And I would see the same thing. I've seen top lawyers. I've seen people be like, oh my gosh, I'm getting behind this. Once the leader gets behind it, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's you're absolutely right. It all starts and begins with leadership. I've seen great leadership and I've seen bad leadership. Yes. And I've seen companies that are excelling and I've seen companies that fail miserably. And it usually is the leader. It's usually the leader. Somewhere the leader's either given the reins to somebody else because they're a coward. Whoops. Um, they, they, right? they, they, they won't step up to the plate. They, they put it on somebody else. And that person they put it on is not built for it. You are in that position for a reason. So be the leader. And so... I well, mean, they're driven by ego, not service. Yes. Um, yes. You know, they, they spend a lot of time reading their own press clippings. Uh, there's all, there's all a myriad of them. And, oh, so you know, I, the, 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 the Tim winner is about a, a people first culture where, you know, right. build a heroic environment where people feel valued and appreciated. I don't know anybody's potential. I don't know their potential, but I want to create an environment where people feel that they can, they can, discover or find their potential because if they do it's probably going to be good for the company right and i i, I just want people you know I, I go back to maslow's hierarchy of needs all the time mm -hmm. people want to feel valued and appreciated right. if you look at if gallup they interview thousands of people every year and this the results are always the same people right. want to feel valued and appreciated they want to have a best friend at work right. they want to know their work is important they want to have the tools to do their job mm-hmm those are the important things because at the end of the day, we're people, we're biological people. Right, right. And we function. And maybe someday, long after I'm planted, um, <laughs> uh, I will, you know, maybe maybe AI will change all that. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the future is going to be. But for right now, I know 
that people need connection. They, they need do. to feel valued and appreciated. And that they all do. starts with the leadership. The leadership creates that environment. Yes. Either and, and, and it's so hard. You've seen, I've seen it. You know, I've consulted with so many companies and you see it when you try to have it bubble up from the bottom. And when that pressure from the top, the, the weight alone, the dynamics don't work. They don't work. Because you're pushing up against that weight and it just doesn't. It's so much easier to come from the top. Yes. Yes. And then and they meet in the middle and it's a beautiful thing. It's so the bottom beautiful. wants it and the top is supporting it and poof, your cup yeah. overfloweth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, my friend, listen, I have enjoyed our conversation so much. Wow. I uh, And I don't use that term loosely, friend. Uh, I've really enjoyed our conversations. I've really got to enjoy getting to know you. And I hope that we can stay connected and... Okay that we will look for those opportunities to work together uh, and uh, that our paths will continue to cross because, you know, it's rare in life that you meet somebody like you or somebody comes into your life. And I, I'm just so appreciative of having, having you in it. Wow. Well, thank you so much. It means, like I said in the beginning of this, um, the world that people would want to hear the things that I have to say and yeah, I, I cannot take it for granted. And so I hope that your audience, you know, uh, enjoys it, you know, <laughs> and they take something from it. And I'm th very thankful to you, Tim. Thank you. I have a pretty good gauge on it. And I think that, uh, I mean, I can't believe we've already gone over an hour. It seems like <laughs> we just started five minutes ago. So I think you have great insight. I think you have a really interesting story, Jay. And I, I just thank you so much for sharing it with uh with my audience and uh, and coming on the show thank you thank you so much all right cheers